This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So the Consumer Electronics Show of 2020 kicked off earlier this week. And Jason, you and I have been watching the headlines and all of the new products being announced. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today on Jason Square. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlo. And let's dive right in, Jason. What do you think of CES so far? Well, you know, Jason, I haven't been going to CES for a couple of years now. Um, it's a really, really big show. And, you know, I think, you know, the, it, it, I think the type of products that we're seeing now that we've seen in years past are, are sort of more of the same stuff, right? We're not really getting like, I'm not seeing a ton of super innovative things. I think we just get to see stuff that are kind of iterative now. Um, we get to see new players come into to already established spaces that might have potential disruptor capability because of pricing or what have you, but I'm not seeing anything that's completely blowing me away this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I stopped going to CES a few years ago for my job and what I do. You would think it would be important to be there and see the show floor and actual products in, in person, but it's so large now. I think they said 170,000 people are there this year on the show floor. It's ridiculously crazy to get around from appointment to appointment. Basically, what you end up doing is canceling all of your appointments or missing the majority of them and getting press releases, trying to sneak by the booth, take a couple pictures and yeah. writing up the news story. So it's easier for me to cover from home. I don't get sick this way. <laughs> yeah, know, I don't like getting sick either, man. Uh, with all those people there. And I still you know, get pictures and, and press releases and able to cover it far easier from here. But we brought it up some highlights, some lowlights, and some almost laughable products we've seen this year. Uh, one thing I, I would like to start off with is OnePlus, the smartphone maker who does really cheap, not cheap, but inexpensive Android phones with flagship level uh, specs inside of them. They've done a great job with it. They showed off a concept phone this year. It's the first time OnePlus has been at CES. The Concept One basically has the guts of one of their previous models, but on the backside of that phone is a triple camera setup that has electrochromic glass. And what that means is when electricity is put to that glass, it can change colors. So what OnePlus has done with it is it's black when it's off, you open the camera app and within a second, 0.7 seconds specifically, that glass turns clear and the three cameras are revealed. I'm not sure how practical it is, but it's cool technology that has implications that can be used maybe on a front-facing camera to blend in and hide the notch. Or uh, I think you have some other ideas as well for that technology. Yeah, you know, I've used electrochromic, I've seen electrochromic glass in use in like really, really high-tech, you know, conference rooms, you know, where you have uh, instantaneous polarization, you know, for concealing, you know, for privacy concealment for uh, UV, uh, you know, reduction. Um, so I've seen it in, in aerospace for, for things like windows and cars and stuff. And it's really, I gotta say, it's really cool. Yeah. I don't know how useful it is on a smartphone, uh, you know, to do the whole James Bond, you know, here it is, here it isn't kind of thing. Sure. But I can definitely see it potentially, if they can miniaturize it, if they can get it down to practical 
costs, putting sure. it on sunglasses, um, maybe having transparent AR VR glasses that can flip between you know yeah. AR mode and VR mode. Yeah. Um, or, or being able to adjust the polarization so that you can see the the heads up better against certain backgrounds than others. There's a lot of things you could do with it. So I'm saying, yeah, you know what, OnePlus, keep developing this. Maybe I don't want it on my next smartphone, but I do want to see this in products in the future. Yeah, I was reading through some of the finer specs of it, and basically what they're truly trying to show off here is that they have been able to miniaturize it. It takes two plates yeah. of glass in order to make this happen, and they've done it under, I think, 0.35 millimeters or 3.5 millimeters. I don't remember the exact specs, but it was significantly smaller than what previous implementations of this technology have been. So they've, they've hit it on a miniature scale. Now they need to uh, mass market it and find a different use for it. And, you know, they have a TV. They're not opposed to going into different areas of technology. So AR yeah. glasses, I think, is a perfect use case. A another highlight that caught my eye the last couple of days, and a few companies have announced these, uh, Intel is probably the most notable company because it's Intel, but they have a Ghost Canyon NUC, which is next unit of computing. And basically, yeah. it is a small shell of a computer where they've miniaturized these sleds and the components that go inside but it's basically a full desktop gaming PC that you could swap out parts. Right now, I think it's the Intel Core i9 and i7 processors that these sleds accept, so it's gonna be on the high end, but you're able to have this really small gaming computer that's portable and can go anywhere with you and then upgrade components later on. I think it has a huge potential, not just for gaming, but for business users as well, especially graphic designers and photo editors and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, Jason, I've always loved little ADB computers. You know, I started buying Mac mini servers back in, I don't know, 2011 or something like that. That's how long. I was actually upgrading one of my old Macs the other day, and then I realized just how old it was when I looked at the model number on it. You know, Matt, Apple was doing this 10 years ago, just about. And, you know, the Nuke has been around for a while. Um, it's always, it's never really been a system builder kind of thing. It's always been kind of like a Linux hacker, kind of a box or something. But to bring it to content creation professionals and to gamers, to be able to put that, that, a really nice package of hardware in a really small space is fantastic. I mean, I got this giant HP server underneath my desk, you know, the giant graphics card for doing Windows stuff. I'd like to get away from that, honestly, especially to be able to be more power efficient and just be able to take, take more of my desktop space back, honestly. Yeah, and it's great if you could take it on the road with you, hook it up to a TV and game wherever you're at or work on, you know, uh, video editing. Razer has one as well that's a little bit bigger. Intel's is the smallest from what I understand. Really cool tech. I hope it's not overly expensive and prices itself right. out of the market, but we'll have to wait and see on that. While we're talking about computers, there's some really cool computer technology, particularly with displays that we need to talk about. Foldable yep. tablets and laptops, meaning not just a normal clamshell laptop, but the actual display covers the entire thing and folds just like the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Tell but me a little bigger. bit about these, Jason. Yeah, so I mean, what we're taking is the, the same technology that we're seeing from the Samsung, Samsung Galaxy Fold and the, the Huawei actually had a, had a, had a device um, and what we're seeing over with Motorola with the Razer. Um, we are looking at actually taking the actual tablet itself you know, with no, I mean, with no perceivable kind of a hinge mechanism and folding it over like a taco, essentially, yeah. right? So I think um, this has a lot of potential for having digital convergence, right? Where you don't have to own both a tablet and a desktop 
uh, or or laptop at the same time. We kind of saw this, you know, originally with the Surface with a with a with a which we really are calling a transformable when you have a disconnectable keyboard to the tablet. But really, this is the keyboard and the tablet in the same thing, right? Yeah. You know, so we're we're literally turning the screen into the keyboard. We're, you know, that's that's into a touch screen interface. So. I think it's really cool in Star trek -y. Now, my concern going forward is how mature is this technology enough yet to be used in an enterprise environment or in vertical integration space where you're going to be moving this hinge a lot? Right. Um, you know, what are, I mean, what are the, the, I mean, how durable is the construction on this thing? A lot of that, right? Now, I, I think eventually it will get there, right? I just don't think right now this is something more than what real, early adopter executives with a lot of money to burn. Right. Are gonna I mean, use you're basically taking the Galaxy Fold, which has, I think it's like a seven inch screen when it's open and you're expanding that to 17 inches yeah. is what Lenovo's screen is for $2,500, which it's not much more than the Galaxy Fold. So you're getting a full computer running Windows yeah. 10 for $500 more than you could get the Galaxy Fold for. But to your point, this is unproven technology. We've seen it in limited batches, Galaxy Fold, the razor was delayed supposedly yeah. due to high demand. I'm not sold on that. Uh, you know, we're supposed to see another Galaxy Fold 2 later on uh, this year or actually next month in February. Still, the technology is improving. And, and mind you, the razor so far appears to be the best implementation and it's probably the small and it is the smallest of all those devices. Yeah, rumor is the Galaxy Fold 2 will have the same clamshell design as the razor, which opens up like a traditional flip phone. So I'm really intrigued to see that. Uh, another highlight that kind of could have been gone on the low light aspect of this as well, but I have to give props to Ring. Um, they announced a bunch of smart lighting products, which those are whatever, that's fine. But what they did is they tried to get out of, you know, change the narrative about their privacy and security issues. And they're updating their mobile app and adding a control center that gives users more control over what's connected to their Ring account. Uh, they're requiring two-factor authentication now. They're taking a bunch of steps. They're not proactive. They're very reactive because this has been about a year worth of being in the news and everything else going on. Uh, but they're at least taking the right steps to right the ship and get uh, everything working how, how it should and privately and securely. So I just wanted to quickly mention that. Uh, we haven't seen what Control Center is going to look like in the app, but uh, hopefully it's implemented right and you know it, they'll do good things with it. What else do you want to call out here about CES, Jason? Yeah, so we have a couple other items. Um, Wi-Fi 6 is already starting to appear in products. Netgear's got a Wi-Fi 6 router. I think Wi-Fi 6 is going to be a major improvement to previous generations, but the devices, the client devices, are going to need to catch up, and so is everyone's broadband connection to really take advantage of it, right? I mean, you're not going to be able to use yeah. multi-gigabit Wi-Fi um, with a very small pipe. You know, that, that kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens, but the, the hardware looks initially very good. Um, I, what I thought was interesting was TCL now has smartphones, and a lot of you may not have heard of TCL. It's kind of a bargain basement Chinese uh, television brand. Yeah. Um, they came out with a sub $500 5G smartphone. It's insane. Uh, I think it's probably one of the most exciting things I've seen announced. Like that, every... 5G phone we've seen so far has been twelve, fourteen hundred dollars. So yeah, I mean, under five hundred bucks. Nice smartphones should not cost a thousand dollars anymore, Jason. You know they should all freaking cost five hundred dollars or less. Um, we're already starting to see some movement. Um, Samsung had uh, light versions of the ten, uh, the Galaxy Ten and the Note Ten at the show. Um, yeah. 
we here and of course the 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 800 pound gorillas that you know were not in the room um google will have a pixel 4a most likely that he's going to use you know qualcomm's uh lower level chipset more economical chipset will probably see something in the 400 level um and then there's the rumored apple uh iphone se2 which 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 is which seems to be a reality right so yeah, I mean, it has to happen eventually. Lower end smartphones are tremendously good for their price point and not just spec wise, but uh, performance really truly when you use a lower end smartphone coming from a flagship, there's a day or two of acclimation to a few things, mainly the display. But other than that, it's a normal smartphone that does all the other things that your $1,500 iPhone 11 Pro Max does. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, uh, and I, I'm glad to see TCL get into this. They have a sub-brand called Alcatel. Most people yeah. probably know those because they're sold pretty widely, especially at Walmart and uh, through carriers. But the TCL 10 series brand is, uh, I'm really intrigued by it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm totally looking forward to it. Um, some other cool stuff that we saw at the show uh, is a nod to Star Wars. A company called BrainCo now has a prosthetic hand. Uh, a bionic robotic hand, just like Luke Skywalker has. You know, we got it chopped off in, 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 uh, in the Empire Strikes Back by Darth Vader. He hit him with the lightsaber, right? Spoiler um, alert. This is going to be, yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, but this is the first bionic device that is truly over the counter, not customized. It is expected to cost $10,000 or more, but this could really help people with amputation issues, you know, kind of. I, I'm really excited by the prospect of you know people you know having fully featured, full, full, fully fulfilled lives with, with having bionic hands. I mean that sounds really freaking cool. I, mean, I didn't see anything about that one, but it sounds great. I agree with you. Fulfill, full, uh, fully fulfilled lives is the goal for everyone. I think. Yeah, that's a hard word to say. And, and speaking of fully fulfilled, um, because I in Florida we get a lot of sun glare with the way that the, the the roads are kind of east to west, you know, with the major highways. Um, Sun glare can totally paralyze traffic, man. And, you know, until we've got autonomous vehicles that can drive themselves, that can ignore that, um, we need a way to, to deal with, with sun glare. Um, Bosch just came out with a uh, augmented reality visor that goes on, uh, it's, it replaces your standard visor that allows uh, automobiles to be used, driven during heavy sun glare situation. I presume also low light situations if you have a night vision uh, camera. So that literally you're looking at the road and it's and it's a and it's an exact representation of what's in front of you, um, which I think is going to be really cool. But it'll eliminate the, the the sun glare, you know, obviously with some type of polarization or something like that. Yeah, um, I saw a quick video of this or, or GIF of it, and it looked it looked interesting. I, I definitely want that in a vehicle if it was a viable option. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think this is something that you know uh, car manufacturers are probably looking to add. To, as part of their options rather than maybe an aftermarket thing, but uh, I, I think it sounds really cool. Speaking of cars, uh, looks like Sony is testing the waters with going into the car business, are they not? They, well, no, I think what they did is they built a concept car, a concept electric car to show off their sensors and their cameras that can be used for autonomous driving. From what I understand, they have zero, uh, zero desire to enter into car manufacturing at all. Uh, but this is more of, hey, here's a concept car. Here's what we can do with that car. And really, people like Tesla. So uh, reference standards, a component yeah. manufacturing play. Yeah, that exactly. Sort of but the car itself looks amazing. It, it has a 200 kilowatt hour battery, which Model 3s only have, Tesla Model 3s have 75 
Wow. Lower batteries. This, this is this thing is a beast. And you know, zero to sixty and four point five. It, it has it hits all the marks of a true electric car that people would want to buy, but it is strictly a concept car, which is yep. unfortunate because it looks great. Yeah. So let's let's talk about you know sort of the things that we didn't really like you know before we we, we trail off. 8K television. Who the hell needs one of those things, right? I don't get it. I get that companies are previewing, hey, we're able to make these 8K televisions, and in a few years, you'll want to replace your 4K TVs. But there's a lot of stage time, a lot of production, a lot of booth space taken up by these 8K TVs that are far too expensive right now, and there is almost zero content for. Unless you're recording in 8K your home videos, odds of you finding something to sit down and binge watch are very little. Uh, it just, I could care less about 8K TVs right now. Let's, uh, let's focus on something else. Like, I got nothing wrong with the 8K technology for content producers. If you're producing movies, if you're Disney right. or something like that, source material, fine. But you don't need that for home. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, the other thing I, I thought was interesting was, you know, the lack of the major manufacturers yet again this year. No Apple, no Microsoft, no Amazon. The people that are really playing in the consumer space were not at the consumer show. It's not, I mean, like, is this, this is not really a consumer electronic show anymore. I mean, look no. at who the keynote speakers were, Jason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this hasn't been a consumer show for quite a while, actually, if you look back a few years. But it feels like this year, more than ever, it really is not a consumer electronic show. Look at Samsung's keynote. Look at LG. Look at Sony's keynote. All of that stuff was very specific use cases in the enterprise, which is fine. That stuff needs to happen, but this is a consumer electronic show. You know, Sony spent some time, actually LG and Samsung spent time talking about cities that they're going to build that are connected. And what? Like, I'm not gonna go move into a city that LG built or, or Samsung built. It's just not going the, the, to happen. The, the, show has, the show has so moved away from its core purposes. I mean, the fact that we have impossible pork at this thing, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Is, is, is a bit of a, a, a strain. Everybody wants to try the impossible pork now. I get it. But there was a lot. I mean, there was some dumb stuff at this show. You had the, tel you had the, the toilet paper robot from Charmin. Yeah. Um, the Samsung workout exoskeleton. What, what the hell was that? Yeah, it, was, it was this exoskeleton you put on. You wore AR glasses, and it provided resistance as, as your AR companion walked you through exercises. I. <laughs> I, I, don't I don't like going to gym, but that sounds like a bit a bit extreme, don't you think? That's yeah, I'm, I'm not going to put on an exoskeleton. I, I joked on Twitter that the exoskeleton actually was required to fight the dinosaurs that Samsung put in a yeah. virtual connected city because... Uh, Jason, I, I think we've seen that movie already, you know, and it's already on, on the bargain bin. At, uh, I don't know. know. I mean, Walmart. The, um, Charmin also announced a VIP that is a porta potty with a Oculus VR headset in it that you can put on if you're at a concert or a music festival so you don't miss the show i mean this is that's consumer tech right i mean that's as consumer as it gets i think i totally think movie theaters should have the televisions in the bathroom so i don't miss you know what's going on in the five minutes that i jump in and out you know whatever yeah um yeah and of course you're always going to have you know in the nod to the future the flying cars um look yeah. i want a flying car as much as everybody else but the reality is the, 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 the ability to make flying cars is not the problem why we don't have flying cars, right? We would have to completely overhaul our air traffic control system 
and all that and the way that the flight patterns work to accommodate these things. And yeah, Uber and Hyundai announced a flying taxi. And it's actually on the show floor. You can go look at the, the concept model of it. And it looks futuristic. I'll give it that. It looks more like a helicopter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're not ready for the Jetsons yet and uh, no. regulations and, and like you said, air track. I mean, I have to file with the FAA to fly a 250 grand exactly. drone around my house. How, how is Uber and Hyundai going to fly this giant taxi across the sky? I, I, it's cool. We're not there yet. Let's, let's focus yeah. on them now. But cool. I think that's a good roundup of CES 2020. I haven't really seen anything else outside of that that's caught my eye. I mean, there's random stuff, but uh, it's mostly accessories. And it's, like I said, a lot more of the same, you know, a lot of million TV sets as usual. You know, um, you know, you have the occasional sex toy pops up to make people freak out. But, you know, other than that, that's, that was the show basically yeah, as far absolutely. as I know. That's a, that's a good summary of it. Uh, yeah. Once again, with Jason Squared, I'm Jason Cipriani. I'm Jason Perlow. Make sure to check out more of our videos at ZDNet.com. And if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know in the comments what you thought about CES 2020.